Welcome to the Teacher Fit Podcast, episode number seven. I'm excited to have a special guest today, Miss Jessica Evans, who is a longtime educator and fitness enthusiast who is now turning in her postgraduate studies into helping teachers figure out their health, wellness, nutrition, and fitness to make them their best selves and make them their happiest in their workplace environment. She's doing some great work, so I'm excited to hear more about it and give you guys some quick takeaways on how you can improve your health and wellness. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow Jessica and follow our, her work and our work together moving forward. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Teacher Fit Media and the Teacher Fit Podcast. I am honored and excited to have Miss Jessica Evans on the show with us today. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. I'm excited for what you're doing and to share kind of your excitement for your research and kind of the journey that we're hopefully going to take together to impact educators in a big way. So if you just to start with telling us your history, who you are in education. Sure, absolutely. So in a nutshell, I have always been involved in health and fitness. I grew up in Southern California, so that was a given for me. Um, I grew up drinking aloe vera juice in the morning, and then when I moved to the Midwest, it was like, oh my gosh, this is not a normal thing for everybody. No more aloe vera. <laughs> <laughs> no more aloe vera juice. And uh, it just it just was it boggled my mind, and it was a very different culture. So when I was in high school and then in college, um, I initially double majored in nutrition, physical fitness, and journalism, and that was awesome, and I yeah. loved it, but at the same time, um, something was still missing, and I went ahead, went full bore into a career um, professionally in the business world, and then eight years later, I was like, I got my heart's not here, yeah. and I went ahead and jumped into education full bore and became an English teacher, okay. but the thing, all the time, the entire time I'm doing this, I'm still involved in fitness. I'm still involved with the gym because that is my lifeline, and I know that that's where... I feed my soul is when I'm in the gym and I'm taking care of my body that I can show up as the best version of myself for the people and the students and the fellow teachers that I'm supporting. So as long as you've got your body and in, in homeostasis in the correct form, then everything else comes a little more naturally. Not saying that everything's perfect. It's just easier to take on. So as I'm going through education and watching my fellow teachers struggle day in and day out, they're you know coming quite fresh in the morning and then by that afternoon they are just done. And I'm also noticing that you know what I'm hearing from them is, well, I got to run my kids here and I got to do this and I've got to do practice after school. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what are you doing for yourself? And how much have you eaten today? And, and what did you eat today? And I'm, I'm watching what they're eating and. I'm, I'm like I'm boggling my mind and I'm thinking, no wonder why you are so exhausted and no wonder why you are, you have brain fog and you feel like you're way older than you actually are right. you're taking care of yourself and innately teachers and educators in general are in a profession where they don't want to take care of themselves. They want to take care of everybody else because right. that's natural to them and they, they are natural martyrs and they do take care of people. But what they don't realize is that not taking care of themselves is not taking care of those people around them in the best way possible. So 
I become, I'm in a more administrative role now. I'm in the uh, curriculum role and I love it, but it's also given me the opportunity to go out and tackle my doctorate. And I'm at the point in my doctorate where I am embarking on my dissertation. So um, my subject is health and fitness and its impact, particularly on secondary educators and their job satisfaction. So what I'm going to be focusing on is the perceived fitness and nutrition levels of these educators and then also their current job satisfaction. So those teachers who are intaking more uh, dense nutrients and they are understanding nutrient timing or they're participating in some sort of uh, regular consistent fitness and making it hopefully my hypothesis is that yeah we will see those teachers and those educators just have a more positive uh, impact on those around them on their family and they're going to have a more positive job outlook so that's where I am very brief nutshell right now Awesome. So many good things in that, in that who you are kind of brief you just gave us. Uh, one thing I want to go back to before we get into your research is just yeah. the idea that you brought up that teachers are those martyrs. They have a servant heart and we see it all, all the time. And that's really what, you know, motivated me to get, you know, start teacher fit and start serving these teachers because I see them giving so much every day for hours and hours and hours and you know it just gets to a point where and this is we're just human and that we all of a sudden we're trying to give from an empty cup and yep. we just keep giving and giving and we're we're sacrificing ourselves to the point where we have nothing else to give and i see that in teachers i, I see it in other professions as well but i think educators are, are just you know a unappreciated that they're not giving the advantages they need yeah. to set them up for success and they are such givers at every level and when i talk to teachers just like you said they wake up this is what i talk to a lot of my clients with and teachers as well they they immediately wake up they start serving their families their kids their spouses they rush to work and all of a sudden they're serving their students all day they get off work they rush home and they're serving their family again and all of a sudden it's a lack of sleep they're right back up to do it again and there's never that time to fill their cup and it just compounds over time over time over time and all of a sudden they're like oh my gosh i'm unhealthy i'm sick and we're headed down the wrong direction and they again like you said they don't realize that they can't be their best and provide that huge impact, which they do, if they're not 100%. And that's what we want to do is get them back to that 100%. I think that's so true. That's why I love your message. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And, and you are so right. And this is going to be a very cliche analogy, but I'm going to make it. And you get on an airplane, and the first thing that when you when they go through that, you know, safety in a list of all the things you're going to be looking for. They say, if you are traveling with a child, make sure that in the oxygen mask descent, make sure you put that oxygen mask on yourself first, Correct. then you take care of that child. Yep. And if that's the case, then why are as educators, are we so not paying attention to our needs, our actual needs, our bodies, our minds are screaming for us to take care of them. You know, when those teachers feel that fog in the end of the day, or they're feeling just totally drained by, I'd say probably October, they're really <laughs> kick in. That, that's because they aren't paying attention to their own needs. 
And right. it's not selfish. And I think teachers really see that as, no, it's selfish if I take time out for myself. Or, you know, I don't have any time in my day because I've got to do X, Y, and Z. But what is most important to them? What's most important to them, and they'll say it, is other people. Well, right. if other people are that important, they've got to look at themselves first. And Nick, you are 110% correct on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it seems obvious to you and I, I think, because we have that fitness background and it's been such a big part of our life. But, you know, it's just it may be foreign to some. So what what are some tips before we move forward that you would give to that? Maybe it's a first year teacher who is just experiencing this for the first time, doesn't have a background in health and fitness. What are some small things you would say? from your background of experience as a teacher, as well as the health space, health fitness, that they can do just to get started and making sure if they're giving out a certain amount from that cup, if you will, they're also putting some stuff back in. I actually like what you just said. You said making sure if they're giving out from that cup, making sure that they're putting back in. And I think it's a good uh, foray into say, they've got to look at what they are giving out. So maybe that initial teacher is saying, oh my gosh, and that you we know that first year. That first year is just a blur almost. Yeah. So talking to you know other teachers as well and saying, what is the realistic expectation for me to spend after school, to spend um, on the weekends in grading papers, in prepping lesson plans, um, in doing extracurricular activities, mapping all of that out. And I and I not everybody is a planner either. I know that. Right. But looking at those expectations just from a really high level perspective and then looking at, you know, the things that they enjoy doing, you know, going out with their friends or um, playing with their pets or, you know, whatever they like to do, not taking any of that away. Because I think that's another thing is they're like, well, I think I have to give X up in order to do X. Right. But saying, okay, these are my priorities. I want to make sure that, you know, all of this time, money, education that I have invested in myself to get myself to this career, I want to make sure that that's sustainable. Right. How do we make that sustainable? Well, let me go ahead and budget in. Let's see, what can I budget in every single week? Can I budget in three to four times a week, 30 to 45 minutes of some type of exercise? I don't care what it is. If it's yoga, Pilates, if it's, you know, going running with your friends, if it's, it's taking a walk, if it's, doing some strength training, if it's uh, an orange theory class or whatever it is, doing something and committing right. to that, even if it's for, let's say, a week. Great. If you got through that week, what are you going to do the next week? So you budget that next week. And then also, I used to do this. I used to get with my friends and we would have food prep parties on Sundays. And I would just have everybody come over to the house. I'd say, okay, these are the groceries I want you guys to go get. We'd all come over. We'd all cook it together. We'd put it in our little Ziploc to go stuff and they'd have an entire meal set forth for the week or for the, you know, up to Wednesday. Cause sometimes chicken tastes kind of weird after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but that is what I would say for those new teachers is something, just do something for making sure that you are keeping that investment in your education. Um, in that career that you've devoted so much of your life and money to, because that's maintaining that. Otherwise, here's, here's the bad part. In my research, what I found, 45%, 45% Nick, of our third year teachers are facing burnout. That's 45%. And the other thing is annually. 
schools spend $2 billion training teachers. $2 billion, that is not a small number. I want you to take almost half of that and then I want you to go, just go ahead and open up a window because that's what happens when teachers are not able to take care of themselves. It's so hard to watch. So anyway, I've kind of come full circle, but that would be some of the tips that I would give those teachers. Yeah, I've seen some of those same facts and it's astonishing how much money the education world spends on workplace absenteeism as a whole you know, the United States is in a bad place as far as workplace absenteeism. But in the education world, what principals and leadership in school systems don't realize is, yes, you're also paying the person that's not there. But in addition, you're paying the substitute teacher. So the expenses are so much higher when you're facing burnout in October, like you said, hey, I'm not going to go in today. I'm going to take a mental health day, whatever. And they do need that. But the expenses have skyrocketed. And it's just, um, it's, it's crazy to me that better practices haven't been put in place to take care of teachers. And again, that's what you and I are trying to do, but it's just crazy. It is. And I like, I like two of the things that you said during what the teacher should do, both included someone else. And I, I talk a lot about accountability. Just put out a, a short podcast about accountability. And I think that's so important specifically for new teachers, but any teacher looking to make a health and fitness changes, find someone you can do it with. Find a mentor or find a friend, a coworker, whatever it may be. Hey, let's dedicate ourselves to walking 30 minutes each day. And I'm going to check in with you or we're going to do it together because every time it's so much easier to do together or if the day I don't want to show up, I'm going to show up for you and you're going to show up for me and therefore we're going to be in a better place. So I love that. So true. Yeah. Well, Um, actually, it's funny on that one, too. I have to just say this. Um, I would really, really, really advise, though, staying away from those super early morning commitments, because I did that with a friend one time. I was like, because I'll do a 4.30 a.m. workout, and they're like, I want to go. I totally want to go. I was like, awesome. That's terrific. And we were, you know, initially, we were going to go, and I was excited, and I pulled up to their house, and no answer. And they're like, (laughs) no, I totally slept in. So they wanted to go. Just yeah, avoid those super early commitments, maybe. Yeah, set yourself up for success. If you yeah. know you're not an early person, ease your way into it. Right. Um, all right, let's transition to your work and kind of what you, your hypothesis, and then what we're going to do together to try to figure out, or what all you're going to do to yeah. kind of figure out and prove, and then what you think is the way forward. Absolutely. So I'm going to go a little bit into why I actually took this approach in the, in the first place. So I used myself as a guinea pig starting about six years ago, actually. Um, I'd always been into health and fitness, but I decided to kick it up a notch big time. And I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to test out different um, nutrients. I'm going to test out different exercise programs and I'm going to go full bore. And this is when I started doing physique competitions to, you know, kind of see how I could test that and see what the physical outcome of that would be. So, um, over the past six years, I've really tested the the nutrient, um, timing and making sure that, you know, is it really real if I eat a certain carb in the beginning of the day as opposed to in the afternoon, is that really going to make a difference? Is the different type of cardio that I'm doing really going to make a difference? And I actually started following uh, a Dr. Abby Smith Ryan, 
she is on the East Coast as well, and she's done a lot of work um, with athletes and the difference between a, a HIIT cardio program and the output on the cardiovascular system and also the mental well-being of individuals overall. So with that and from her research, I thought to myself, man, okay, if she's doing this with just specifically athletes and she's looking at their mental composition after they do a, um, a high, high intensity workout. What if we applied that same type of philosophy, but we did that with educators? Because let's be honest, I mean, educators are working day in, day out with the human element, and they are working in a, they're working in a very critical environment of working and molding and shaping minds. And they need to be totally on their game. So my hypothesis then became, all right, well, let's look at this from a health and nutrition perspective, because granted, while I believe that the mental component and that mindfulness component and the meditation component is important, just like Dr. Abby Smith-Ryan found, that homeostasis and basically having the body in a really good place and making sure you have a very good uh, field to work from is the most important thing. So it is important to have mindfulness. It is important to have those types of practices. But I believe when we get down to the core, the most important thing is making sure that your fitness and nutrition are on as 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 on point as possible. Absolutely. So so I went ahead and I said, all right, let's look at this. I wanted to look specifically at secondary educators um, just because it was narrowing the field of focus because when you're in your dissertation, you don't want to make it too broad or I would have completely just <laughs> had way too much to study. Um, so I made it secondary educators and we're talking administrators. We're talking, talking teachers. We're talking paraprofessionals. And my thing was, what is their job satisfaction currently with their given uh, perception of where their fitness and nutrition is. So maybe they are those weekend warriors who are going out there and they're, you know, just hitting the gym and, and doing the things that they believe and they've read that they can do in order to get better. Or those people that do consider themselves elite athletes, the ones that are doing, you know, marathons constantly, um, or the individuals that are doing, you know, some type of very formal CrossFit competition or people that are doing, you know, consistent physique competitions. Um, they are in a some type of professional organization for sports and they're out there um, or are those individuals that simply, you know what? I don't want to look at exercise. I don't want to see exercise. Um, I, when you said you want me to eat a vegetable um, is a potato, a vegetable and can I eat French fries? I mean, so I'm looking at all of that. So my hypothesis is, is health and fitness for secondary educators and it's output is perceptive. It's um, the outcome on their job satisfaction. And so what I'm going to be using is something called the Duke study. So Duke University put a study out a while ago on perceived health and fitness, um, just in general. And I'm going to take that study and I'm going to um, develop it so that it does fit educators more. And then I'm going to push that out. And that's something that I'm also going to have you use as well. And you were, you're going to help me with that. Yep. And then I'm going to take that data and um, work with my friends who are statisticians for, for this because we're going to do some data, qualitative and quantitative data analysis on this, um, and look at 
what the reality of my hypothesis is because my hypothesis is that these educators are going to have greater job satisfaction simply because their health and nutrition is on point. And I also want to look at their perceived, okay, is their perception of where their health and fitness or fitness and nutrition is, is it truly what they believe it is? Because I think, and you probably see this too, a lot of people will say, well, I eat clean, I eat healthy. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, what's, what's that look like? Right, right? Because <laughs> if, if we are really being honest, and this is, this is where, and I'm sure you see this all the time, if we're really being honest, and you have people put down exactly what they're eating, when they're eating it, and how much they're eating every single day for a week. I mean, so honest. I bet you most people that say, oh, yeah, I eat clean, I eat healthy, are going to be like, yeah, 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 I know I had two Snickers bars on Tuesday, but I did great. You know, okay, yeah, okay, I'm not saying that's bad. Right. But, okay, if you want one thing, if you want one particular outcome, you've got to be dedicated to the other things that it takes in order to get there. So that's what I'm looking at in my study. I love it. And I, I think it's a lot of people overlook how much better they can feel if they clean up that nutrition in a real way, if they stay active and everything that that will affect mindset, mood, uh, the ability to learn and implement new things, like everything is impacted and stimulated by movement and, you know, getting the heart rate up and all these things, the body is meant to move. And when we don't do it, it affects everything in a negative light. So I think, I think you and we are going to see, some people really have some light bulbs go off that don't want to move or haven't been moving and yes. the correlation between starting to move and their ability to be a professional. And I think, yep. I think it's going to be very enlightening. I, I totally agree. And, and the one thing too, and I bet you see this as well, uh, in what you said about movement is so critical. Our bodies, I don't think people realize how beautiful these machines are, and they are machines, and they are meticulous machines. And it's similar to, and you may have made this analogy before, I know you've probably heard it, you have a Ferrari, right? And you've got this gorgeous car, and it is just, it is pinpoint perfect, and it performs. And then you put in regular gas in this Ferrari, and you do not put the right oil in this Ferrari. You have this gorgeous vehicle, and then you try to run it, it's not going to run on optimal performance. And I know it's a cliche, but it is so true. Now I want you to take that take that Ferrari up a notch, and that's our body. Our body is way more impressive than that Ferrari, and it can do so much. And you're right. Our movement, when you move, when you get up, you feel better. You, you're standing taller. Your spinal alignment is making a difference. It's making you breathe better. That oxygen is getting into your brain. You're able to think better, more clearly. You're more awake and more alert. And then you add on top of that solid nutrition. You you can't get any better. Then you're able to deal with, you know, the students that are coming into you with these trauma issues, right? right? Or maybe your own trauma issues. And that is what is so critical. And that's why this is so important. And that is why I'm saying what you're doing is incredible. And I want this research to do to do more and reveal more to teachers. Let them know it's totally okay to take care of themselves. It's necessary. It's critical. Right. Yeah, and I, I, 
Warren, we're going to see amazing results. I know we are. We, we, we already see them in our, our own lives and impacting other people that are around us. But I, I continue to see, and we, we all see it with teachers, even on social media posting, like, I'm having a bad day. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. It's the end of the school year, and we know they're all experiencing it. But, like, what we need to think about is how is that impacting, again, those students who come in. Yep. They've experienced trauma at home. They're looking for that teacher to lean on, and now that teacher isn't even close to the strong role model that we want to set for those kids. And that's, that's the, the whole framework of what I'm building is, you know, I have a passion to work with young people, but I know if I work with teachers and set them up for success to be this powerful, beautiful role model for students, I'll be able to reach a hundred, a thousand times more young people. And that's what we want to do is set those teachers up for success. So they don't, I mean, they're going to have bad days, but we're limiting those bad days. We're putting our best foot forward every day. And, you know, through movement, through nutrition, we're really going to be able to do that. That is correct. And you said that too. You said have those teachers be those beautiful and amazing role models for those students. I don't know if TLA teachers realize the power that they have in that classroom. They yep. are what those students are looking at for so many hours of the day, whether they like it or not. Yep. And those students are going to emulate what they see. And those teachers have so much power simply by being present in that room. Absolutely. And that is what I want teachers to know and how powerful they are. And they're there for a very positive reason. And there is a lot riding on them. And I know they need to be able to take care of themselves because if they're asking students to show up as their best version, how can you ask a student to show up as the best version of, your, of themselves if you, the teacher, cannot show up as the best version of yourself. Absolutely. It's something, you know, it's, it's kind of some tough love that I yeah. like to give to all of my clients. It's like, if you have a family, if you have a career that, that needs you to be 100%, if, if you're a teacher, you have students that are relying on you. It is your moral obligation hmm. to be healthy, to be well, to be active so that you can be your best. If you're not your best, you're not meeting the expectation that you have set for yourself and someone should be holding you accountable for. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing is too, Nick, it, and that's the thing that you just said, and you go back to that accountability factor and everybody, each teacher should be accountable to each other and administration as well. And it's a team effort. And I like the fact that you're going in and working with them directly because you are something, someone they can be accountable to as well. But maybe, you know, training the trainer as well is that you go in right. and you coach these teachers up so that they can be accountability partners from a health and fitness perspective too. Right. And the other, piece, the other piece of research I totally can't believe I forgot. When teachers go into the classroom, we have cortisol in our body and cortisol is a hormone and it's a hormone that fluctuates based on stress levels and food intake and how much sleep we're getting. And it regulates our mood. It regulates our fat stores Here's what's kicker. When teachers go into the classroom in the morning and if their cortisol levels are high and you don't want to have a continuous high cortisol level, students' cortisol levels will raise because the teacher's cortisol level is raised. So when we say that students will feed off of your stress, scientifically proven, students will feed off of stress. And we're all going to have stress. It's how we deal with and how we maintain a healthy level of stress that is critical. Right. And, and it's simplest form. And I was just thinking about this when I was talking to another teacher the other day is if you're already stressed 
And then you've got to walk up two flights of stairs to your classroom. And now you're short of breath, you're stressed, and you're walking into the classroom. <laughs> what are, are you ready to start? Right. I would argue not. At its right. simplest form. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it all comes back to what teachers what teachers look for, and that's impacting the students. And are you being your best on a daily basis to do so? And based on research, obviously we would argue not for many many teachers. So I love what you're doing. Um, give me, I like to give people you know actionable items. We already talked about kind of that first year teacher. What about I've been teaching for a while. I've just kind of gradually gained weight. I'm getting older. Uh, I am active. I go to the gym. You know, I move. I walk. Give me two nutrition tips that I could start. Simple. I don't know anything about nutrition. Just two things I could do to kind of start making this change. Okay, perfect. Well, the first thing I would say is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. So if you really, really, really like something, like, okay, my my nemesis is dark chocolate. I, oh, man, give me Got dark chocolate. Got to have it. <laughs> And what's really bad is when, you know, um, our office staff will have these bowls of dark chocolate just sitting there. I'm like, oh, that looks amazing. Reverse accountability. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that the teachers, when they walk into that teacher's lounge, was typically there, you've got cake, you've got donuts, you've got bagels. And it, it just kills me when we've got administration going, congratulations, it's your teacher appreciation week. We've done donuts and cake for you every day. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. <laughs> but for those teachers that have been around that and, you know, they're like, gosh, I just, ah, I, I got to eat that donut. I really, really want that. That's okay. I'm not saying totally give that up, yep. but just don't make it a daily thing. And if you want to add just one little tweak, here's the thing. If a person can tolerate oatmeal, if you can tolerate oatmeal, and I would go probably with the gluten-free because that's more tolerable, um, and you add just in the morning, and I'm going to say stevia, and which is a very natural sweetener to that, and a lot of people can tolerate stevia, and you add a little cinnamon to that in the morning, and you have just maybe um, a spoonful of peanut butter with that as well, um, maybe even an egg, and I can go on a whole rant on eggs in a minute. I absolutely love my <laughs> the best thing in the world. Um, then you have come up with a really delicious, amazing, quick, easy way to start your morning. And what that's going to do, oats and, and that protein, that very, very good protein, that solid protein and the, that good fat is going to set that person up for success for the rest of the day. And I know that everybody has heard that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I cannot, I can't stress that enough. And people, this is the one thing that people will say, well, I don't have time for breakfast. You don't have time not to eat breakfast. You right. have got to eat breakfast. Do it. So that would be the, one of the tips is if, get oats in. Get um, Even if you're not – I'm not a big bread person, but Ezekiel bread is a brand that I, I will buy because it yep. is – it's of the breads. It's the cleaner bread. I would do Ezekiel bread and, and peanut butter. If you're like, I'm out the door, fine. Take that. It's not expensive, and it's something that you can just throw in your mouth, get in the car, and go. Absolutely. Bring the coats with you to the office and just microwave them and, and, and get them in you, and then you're going to be so sustained. And the other thing is, too, have emergency snacks in your drawer. Have 
15, a little baggie of 15 almonds. Have, um, it, but also make sure that you're combining that with uh, maybe some turkey rolls or something along those lines. Don't, don't put the turkey rolls in your desk. <laughs> but making sure that you have something that you're not going, oh my gosh, you know what? It's one o'clock. I'm so hungry. Oh, look, a donut. So making sure that you have those emergency snacks, they're going to save you from grabbing that donut or grabbing that cookie or whatever is there. And trust me, over time, your body will build up and you'll say, you know what? Yeah, maybe having that donut once a week. Maybe I have it now twice every other week. That's what I would say. Those are really teeny tiny little steps they can start taking. That's it. Yeah. And it's small actions every single day that compound. Don't try to, again, throw everything out and restrict yourself. Start small and be successful and just gain momentum. And I think to sum up year two is just planning. Like mm-hmm. sit down, take a second, like, okay, what do I have for snacks? Let's make that plan. And yeah. what am I going to do for breakfast? Have that set up so you're not like, ugh, I don't have time. Hey, let's make a plan to get up 15 minutes earlier, set our day up for success, and now we're ready to rock. Yes. So great, great tips. I love it. Well, Jessica, I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to work with you and see – what we can do for the people in the research project. And then from there, just change the world of health and wellness for teachers. So super excited. I really appreciate you taking the time. (laughs) Absolutely, Nick. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you.